that, Martha. <clears throat> Gary was just giving me a rundown on all the medications he's on. I th you may want to just lay down on the, uh, on the pew there this morning, sir. <laughs> Everybody? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're on a bunch of stuff, too, huh? Well, I've been, I've been very fortunate. I haven't gotten sick. I think, Patty, you were a little bit ill there. Chris has had something going around for, I think that boy's been sick for a month now or something. But uh, anyway, I've heard there's a lot of junk like that going around out here. So anyhow, we will uh, make sure that we have people on the prayer list there and that we pray about them. As a matter of fact, praying is one of the subject matters here today in the, in the lesson, so that's, uh, that worked out good. Anyways, uh, Matthew 4.19, and he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's the title of the, of the program here. Last week, we kind of went through and did a few things, talked about some stuff as far as the gospel is concerned, and kind of some junk that we should know about as we're witnessing to people and telling people about stuff. So uh, today, in today's lesson, we're going to get into um, what we have to do to kind of get ourselves moving along these lines a little bit and some recommendations on some things. And then I've got a little pamphlet that I want to read to you. And there's several areas of scripture here this morning, too, that we're going we're gonna to talk about. And so <clears throat> I want to ask you this question first. How did you do with the do nothing last week challenge? Did, I, did everybody succeed in that? I failed miserably. I think I gave out about 15 tracks last week, talked to a few people and, and what have you. But the, the challenge was don't do anything last week, right? And see how the Holy Spirit works on you a little bit and, and uh, uh, you know what kind of prompting you get along those lines. So anyway, we were down at that, down at that uh, Christmas light thing on, what was that, on Tuesday night? I think it was Tuesday night we went and I handed out several tracks down there and got to speak to some people. That was very nice. That whole thing was very professionally done. It was just a really nice time down there at, at that uh, Grand Prairie Lights. And then, uh, uh, so just, just a whole bunch of stuff there. I asked Patty last night about how she did and she says, well, I failed miserably too. I gave out a tract. And then it sounded to me like you were kind of lying to me about what you actually did there. <laughs> I said, you shouldn't be, shouldn't be making up tales about giving out the tracks. But I know, she, I know she wasn't lying. She was just telling me what happened there. So anyways, as we get moving along here, we, of course, we already uh, put Gary on the prayer request list there that, uh, that he would just be a little bit better here and hopefully those medicines and all that stuff will work out for you so we'll be careful to pray about that this morning as we have a uh, time of prayer anybody else have anything they praise reports prayer request anything wally did you have something or are you swatting a fly oh okay all right oh what Are you done? Are you done hitting your husband now? Go ahead. I'll see it. It's right there. It's right there. Listen, Patty hits me, and there's not a fly within a hundred miles of me. So, yeah. Yeah, honeybee or something, right? I know the other. 
I guess it was last, last Sunday, maybe it was Wednesday night. No, I wasn't in here on Wednesday night, but uh, pastor was up here preaching away, and there was a big old wasp flew. Did, did you see it too? No, yeah. No, we have them. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a distraction it, watching that thing fly around. I forgot what he was preaching about. Anyways, uh, all right, if nobody has anything else or any praise reports or anything like that, we'll just move along here. The uh, church fellowship on Friday evening was great. That was a very good time. Praise God for that. It was a big turnout. We had some really good food there and a lot of fun with the gift stealing and unwrapping and all that kind of junk. So anyways, all right, let's go to the Lord for a, a word of prayer here and then we'll get, get started. Father, thank you for the time that you've set aside here this morning that we're able to study your word again. Think about uh, the people on the prayer sheet here, Lord, and, and um, their ailments, and the list is lengthy and gets longer every week, it seems like. Father, you know about all these different things that are going on this morning here. We think specifically about Gary here in his uh, ailments with his sore throat and runny nose and all these different things that even kept him out of the fellowship on Friday night. Lord, we just ask that you'd put a hand of healing on him and, and bless him. We thank you for his wife here, that she is uh, able to walk around without her scooter now, and we just ask that you'd continue to heal her up. And then anybody else here in the room that's got things that are ongoing things, I think right now of Tony back there, Tony Hoots, he's walking around without that walker a little bit, but he says he's still not doing perfectly, and so we just ask that you continue to heal him up here today, Lord. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, what we're going to get started off with here this morning is the, uh, I kind of titled this thing here, The First Steps to Becoming an Easy Soul Winner. Now, we've been talking and talking and talking about all kinds of different ways to witness to people, to talk to people, and I don't know how far, I have really no way of, no measurement here, no measuring stick to figure out where any of us are at with, with this thing. I know that I have talked to a few people in here individually that tell me, hey, look, this is helping and it's, it's uh, you know, I have, I have gone out of my way and gotten a little bit courageous and have said something to somebody or whatever. And, and really, there is an awful lot of it that, that is courage. You have to, you have to muster up some, some energy, you know. I think of, uh, I think of uh, Peter and how courageous he was, right, when he was standing there right with Jesus. I'm going to die with you and I'm going to do this. Then the little girl comes over and mentions something to him at the campfire, like, hey, you were with these people, and his courage went, went right down the tubes there pretty, pretty quick. So that was a man that walked with Jesus himself. And, and, and so there's a lot of mustering up of some courage we have to, to do. Matter of fact, last, um, last uh, year at the, um, the men's advance up there in Stillwater, the whole thing revolved, the, the title of that thing was, was prior commitment versus current emotion, as you guys who were up there would remember that. And it was all about Peter, man, he was, he was, he had all kinds of emotion, but then the, or commitment to Christ, but then at the, at the last minute, the emotion got the better of him, and that's why it went down the way it did. And then, of course, there was a newfound faith and courage after that, and we know what happened with his preaching and how that all went. And it's no different for us. I mean, if somebody that actually walked around with Jesus had all those difficulties, think what it is for us when, when we're walking in a world like we live in today, 
you know, where there's a lot of persecution, people, we're not the friends of this world, folks. Uh, God says that if we are, we're not a friend of his. And so I kind of want to be on the friend of God side of this equation here as much as I can practically do that. But anyway, one of the, uh, one of the things as you get into this particular chapter in this book is the, the first thing here is prayer and more prayer. We have, to, we have to pray about these things. And so the author here, Tom Rainer, puts it very bluntly, and this is a quote right out, of, right out of his book here. It says, prayer is the difference between Christians that share the gospel and Christians who don't. Now, I don't know, I don't know where any of us fit in that boat. I know where I'm at in that boat, and I think I pretty well know where my wife's at in that boat, but I'm not around you folks enough to, on a daily basis to know where, where you're at with it, so all this is just, just meant to be a, uh, an encouragement to us here. Um, Tom Rainer, when he wrote this book, he, he writes right at the very, very beginning of that chapter, he says, I really was like indecisive about where to even put this chapter in the book. He said, I thought about starting the whole book off, like that'd be the very first thing, you know, because it is a fundamental of our faith. I mean, all of us pray. Everybody, we have a prayer sheet, right? We just prayed about a brother here that's a little bit sick and some, another brother that's got some stuff that's healing up and what have you, and a sister that's healing up. We pray about all these things, and, and we have this prayer sheet, and people that know about our faith, when sometimes they get into a troublesome area in their life, they'll, they'll say something like, hey, Jeff, would you pray about this for me, you know? Now, it might be that that person has never ever asked anybody to pray, and incidentally, that's a thing that I kind of kind of wrote down here, um, there is a privilege in being known as a person who prays for people. Boy, I'll tell you, I, I remember years and years ago, um, the airline that I was uh, flying for at the time, their spirit, spirit, same place I fly for now, when I actually get to go flying, and we'll see how that goes here. But anyway, the, uh, um, uh, there was a whole thing going on with the airline union and what have you, and, and the chief pilot of that company, who kind of knew me a little bit but didn't really know me that well, um, he called me up out of the blue, and I thought I was just in trouble again when he said, hey, this is Paul. And uh, um, I said, yeah, man, what's, what's up? And he says, Jeff, I don't know what's going to happen with this airline and this union and all this business about going on strike and all that kind of stuff. He says, but I know that you're a man that prays about stuff, and I'm calling you to ask you to pray about our company right now. Well, that was just a, that was a privilege to hear that. That was, that boosted my, it boosted my courage. It, it boosted my ego. It boosted a whole bunch of things, but what it did do is it says, I'm, it gave me encouragement that I'm walking a testimony here for, for God, and that's, that's very helpful. And that was a long, that was many, many years ago. Uh, it is a privilege to, to be, uh, uh, you know, known as somebody that does that. Uh, prayer, basic fundamental of the faith. We Christians pray. That's just a common thing. I mean, when you, if you ask somebody, if just out on the street, take a look at that Bible Baptist church over there. What do you think about the people? What do you think is a common thread among those people? And they say, well, they probably all pray to God. They probably would, you know, sit down and pray about stuff. So, um, Prayer, according to Tom Rainer here, writer of the book, he says prayer is plugging into the power source. 
All right, God says he's the power source. He's the one that gets all this stuff done here. And so what we want to look at here today, starting in the lesson, is we want to look at what we actually should be praying for and very specifically what we should be praying for here. So um, the very first thing I have here is it says, first pray that God would help you to be obedient to, to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So if there's, a, if there's a lack of obedience on our part, just like our children have a lack of, of obedience a lot of time, sometimes that's their will. If a child wants to be obedient about something, in other words, you say, hey, I'm going to bribe you with this if you do this over here, they're very likely to do this. Now, it might not be because they want to be obedient to, your, to their parents or even have any respect for their parents or whatever, but kids will do different things. Well, in our case here, we kind of have a commandment from God that we're supposed to be obedient to him when it comes to spreading the gospel here. So you got to get in that posture. You have to have that, that mindset about it. If you're not in a posture of obedience to God, then it's not very likely that you'll move into action as the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart to share the gospel with people. And I think we've all run across that. I mean, I've had, I've had days where the Holy Spirit has you know, said, Jeff, you need to go over and talk to that person, and I just blow it off. I don't bother doing it. I walk away. I forget about it or, or whatever. Um, I have a few of those cases in my life that I don't ever forget about. I've got things in my life that I think about every day where I was not obedient to what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do, and it kind of haunts you a little bit. It's not a, good, it's not a good position to be in. And so pray about obedience. Just, Father, I just want to do what you want me to do. And anything that you have me do today, I want to do it to, to further the kingdom and to bring glory and honor to you. So um, pray in the morning and throughout the day that God would put a person or several people in your path to witness to. You know, and I just come right out and that's how my prayer every morning. When I get up, first thing I do is I start saying my prayers. I ask God to give me a good day. And I always end it with put somebody in my path today that I can, that I can witness to or a bunch of people in my path that I can witness to. The more you do it, the more fun you have with it, and it just really is a blessing. Um, I've said that over and over. I'm not certain anybody believes that, or if you, if you, if you do or don't is beside the point. You, you just have to, there'll be a certain level of it, you just have to trust me. When you start doing things, particularly witnessing and sharing the gospel with people, it is fun. You just won't believe what you run into. And there's always all kinds of really neat stories about it and what have you. So pray that God would impart his power to you in that you do not have to do this on your own power. Matthew 28, 16 through 20 uh, speaks about this. And let me read this to you. Our own power will do nothing but ensure failure. So here's what, here's what we want to look at. Remember what Jesus said. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. So there he tells you right there. When you're out here doing this, witnessing, handing out tracts, inviting people to church, God is with us doing this. This is not something that we're having to do of our own uh, volition here. Pray that God would show you and help you understand how great the need is 
for workers in this area of evangelizing. Matthew 9, 36 through 38 describes this. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth the laborers into his harvest. Matthew 9, 36 through 38. All right. So here's a couple, couple questions about this then. He was moved with compassion. How about us? Are we actually moved with compassion? And if so, to what end are we moved to that compassion? The end that we should be moved to is that we would actually share the gospel with somebody. That's the direction that we're trying to get this whole, this whole mindset going here. Um, but, yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Oh, we're still kind of in lesson two, but there's not a hand. I should have announced that. There's not a handout sheet. And, and I even told Tony that I was going to announce that at the, at the start of this. The, hand, the missing handout sheet is because of my uh, inadequacy again there, Miss Linda. And so here, see, I'll just tell you real quick what happened. I had yesterday, I always set aside a time on Saturday to prepare all this. And we, we just had a... From the minute I got out of bed yesterday at 6 a.m., we were going till 11 o'clock at night, and just—I mean—it was just a mess. So I told Patty, I says, uh, "Now I want you to go out there in the hangar at 3 o'clock in the morning and type out the the sheet." So Miss Linda has a sheet, and she wouldn't do it. She would not go out there and do it at three. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry for not announcing that at the beginning. I was just, we got so much stuff to get through here. I was just excited to get into the left. I'll, I'll give, I'll make sure we have a sheet next week, though. All right. Anyhow, where was I at before Miss Linda interrupted me here? <laughs> it's easy to blame people or blame things on people. So what I was talking about is talking about compassion, having compassion on people, right? And that can be a thing that can be... A, Pretty, pretty difficult to do sometimes. Um, again, I could, tell you, I could tell you some stories in my life about that where I just wasn't so compassionate on somebody that clearly needed some, needed some compassion. Jesus makes it clear there's plenty of lost people to reach. He talks about, he talks about harvest is plenteous. Um, question I have, how many people in Bridgeport, Texas need to be reached? You know, the author talks about how he was at a uh, a church meeting one time, and somebody in the congregation said something about, well, there's nobody within the immediate area here that, is, that we need to reach. <laughs> he said, I think there's people, there's people in every place that need to get reached. There may be people right in this church Amen. that attend here every week faithfully for years that still need to get reached. Listen, in our discipleship program, folks, I've seen, I've seen people that have been at this for years and years and during the discipleship, one-on-one -on -one discipleship program, you see people get saved and you just, you just what, what in the world are you talking about? You just see this. God works on people at different times. It's at his timetable, not ours. And so you never know where there are people that, uh, that need to be reached. Jesus makes it clear that we need more workers in the harvest. Are you looking for a job out here today? We ought to be. And are you willing to go to work for God? The harvest is God's field. He's already out there working in it. All we got to do is join up with him. 
That ought to be a pretty easy thing to decide to do. Do you want to go work with God out there in the field? Well, yeah, that sounds like something that would be pretty exciting to do and, and, and pretty beneficial. Let's take a look at how important prayer was as Paul writes in Ephesians about the whole armor of God. And you guys, this is all very familiar territory, very familiar scripture, but there are a few salient points here I want to make about it. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Then it has a colon there, and it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints, and for me, that utterances may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly. This is why we need to pray. Paul says it right here in Ephesians. Open our mouths boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds. We're all ambassadors in bonds. We're all supposed to be committed to this thing and be an ambassador for Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. That's Ephesians six ten through 20. So you just think about these things. You, you read these, uh, this scripture and you hear it preached on and all that. Then when you come around and you put it in the context of right now, we're praying about boldness and about having courage to go out and to witness to people. And, uh, and boy, it says it right there. I mean, it's just, it's just crystal clear as we, ought, as we ought to speak. Paul clearly recognizes the battle and understands what the stakes are. So I had a little note to myself there, too. I wonder sometimes if we really understand the stakes. What we're dealing with here is not people's physical bodies. We're not making recommendations for a new car. We're not making house recommendations. We're not making anything. We're dealing here with people's souls and where they're going to spend eternity. So it is a very high level of responsibility to, to deal with this thing. And so it says... Make sure you're prepared to do it. Make sure that you understand what you're doing. Make sure that you have the courage to do it. And that brings me to the next thing. The next thing it has here in the book about praying is pray for courage to do this. You have to, you have to step out and, and be courageous. Remember Peter stepping out on the water, right? He started off really good and then kind of sunk there just a little bit. But anyway, you just, you just uh, you keep praying about these things. Pray for your walk with Christ. In other words, we want to make sure that we keep our testimonies intact. We want to make sure that our walk is actually following Christ. As he leads us, we should be willing to uh, follow. Just like he leads the church here, pastor follows him, we're supposed to be watching out what, for what preacher is doing here, right? And this one right here, this one, this one always uh, has a special place for me. Pray for lost loved ones. 
you know, our family member. I've got many people in my family who are lost, and, and uh, boy, they just sometimes they just don't want to hear about this, but I pray for them. I ask the Lord to just work in their heart. Should be pretty clear that evangelism without prayer is evangelism without power. That's another thing that was just, um, that was just another thing that, that he, you know, right out of the book here. All right. So we're going to make this very simple to get started. Now, this is where, this is where there's not going to be challenges. This is going to be where we start saying, okay, this week I want you to do this. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying go out there and try to do this if you want. This is where we start, the rubber starts to meet the roads here, okay? So, uh, and, and I'll talk about that in just, in just a minute. So, uh, the next chapter in the book is titled this, What Exactly Should We Say? All right? So I could stand up here and I could go through all this junk with you guys and say, yeah, when you see somebody say this and do this, do that and the other thing. We're, we're not here to learn how to have human interaction with one another. We're, we're in here trying to learn about how to share the gospel with somebody. And so the question is, what exactly should we say? You don't have to say anything yet. All right. There is a thing, these gospel tracts that do all the talking for you. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about saying anything. Um, you can hand it to somebody and, and say, here, Merry Christmas. You might read this when you have some time. Have a nice day. If you can muster up enough courage and energy to do that, and I know some of you have because you've told me, if you can, if you can do that, you can hand that thing to them and walk off. They'll read it or they'll throw it in the trash. That's their, that's their decision, what they want to do with it here. Okay? We have the tools to do all the talking for us. So these, these gospel tracts. This is, this is how Patty and I got saved, by the way. Uh, we had three different occasions that somebody had given us the, the gospel either through uh, verbalizing a tract or actually physically handed us tracts, particularly me. I was the one that was... The, you know, the person that received those things, but then I promptly shared them with Patty there. So what we're going to be doing, and then I've got another little thing here. It's a little 100-point briefing card that I'm going to give you, and I'll read it to you very fast and, and, and what have you. But uh, Pastor has given me permission to put up a, a track rack back there in that door going out the back, and, and that thing it will be well-stocked and well-kept uh, with tracks out there. Some of the ones you've already seen, other ones are ones that kind of came with the thing, and there's 18 different places that you can, that you can fill this thing up. And so um, our track rack up at Cleveland Baptist Church was the, half the size of the wall there. I mean, and that thing was just, con there was one guy, his, his ministry at the church was keeping that thing filled up, and people took him out of that church by the handful to pass out around town. We've seen lots and lots of people that would come to church because of those things. You, see, you hear stories about, yeah, I had this track that came from Cleveland Baptist Church, and I came to church and got saved. All these different stories like that. I could tell you sometime the story about how Patty and I got involved with this. But um, he said I could put this track rack up there, and I'll, 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 we just got it. The thing just showed up here, I think, over the weekend or on Friday or something. But I'll have that thing put up out in the hall here next week and, and get it stocked up. And so maybe by Wednesday night, you can grab a little handful of these things. And please go out and start handing them out. Just muster up the energy. Be obedient to God and just muster up the energy to do it. It says it's written that 89% of uh, 
professing Christians have never given out a gospel tract. And then I'm going, to read, I'm going to read to you this little thing right here. This was really interesting because I was, I was purposed to sit down in writing out this lesson to kind of come up with some guidance about why you should even use tracks. All right? And so this thing shows up in the mail. 100 reasons why to use tracks. <laughs> Think about that. Think about God's timing with this thing when it, when it shows up in our mailbox. Um, it was we had ordered some tracks from some people and what have you, and so then you get on their mailing list, and so these different things show up here. So I'll read these very quickly. 50 reasons to use tracks. Using good quality tracks gives every Christian a simple and effective way to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Number one, tracks are easy to give to another person with a smile and some encouragement to read them. That's all you got to do. Tracks are a great way for Christians to fulfill the Great Commission by sharing the gospel often and widely. So it is a Great Commission, and if you want to check a box and you're, okay, I did this, hand a gospel tract to somebody. That, that, you're sharing the gospel with somebody. You're not verbalizing it. You're not getting into a fist fight with them. You're not doing anything. You're just handing somebody a thing that tells them all about Jesus. It may, it may uh, keep a soul from going to hell. Tracks can get inside homes and stay. You can't. Boy, I'll tell you, I remember years and years ago when I read that right there, I remember the compact vacuum cleaner salesman coming to sell my mom a new vacuum cleaner. I don't know if you all remember the compact vacuums. They're those little things that look like pigs, right? They look like a little pit. They were a great vacuum cleaner. That guy was still at our house at 1 o'clock in the morning, and my dad had to come and throw him out of there. Now, you don't want to get thrown out of somebody's house, right? But the gospel tract will stay in somebody's house. Either that or get carried out with the trash, but that's their problem, not yours. Tracks never lose their temper or get involved in arguments. Tracks never flinch or show fear. We do. Uh, tracks can stick to the point without compromising. Tracks never get discouraged. Tracks are willing to be sent anywhere. Tracks can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Tracks are not expensive, and I'm here to tell you that they're not expensive. These things, I don't even know how they, I don't even know how they can afford to do this for what they do, other than God's hand in the ministry. God has something to do with it. It's miraculous. These things, they print them and how professional they are and everything else, and you get them. And, and there's, there's hardly even any shipping costs that you have to pay on. Um, tracks can be read many times over. Yeah, one track. Sometimes people read them. I know in our case here, we read them a whole bunch of times before we ever got the picture and decided to go into a, a church to hear the gospel preached. Tracks contain portions of scripture which God has promised to use and bless. That's in Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. Tracks can be used without fear. Tracks have unlimited patience. Boy, I could use some of that unlimited patience when it comes to some of this stuff. Tracks explain the gospel clearly and simply so the reader can make a decision to trust in Christ if the Lord has prepared their heart and brought them to the point of conviction. You know, it doesn't say there if we have managed to move them to a point of conviction. It's if the Lord has... Uh, uh, worked on their heart and brought them to that. Tracks can go anywhere with you. Work, school, vacation, shopping, repair shop, dining out, etc. Tracks can accomplish their purpose anytime, day or night, winter or summer, good times or bad, right now or later. Tracks can take advantage of a special event or activity, election, sports, etc. By taking that, by taking that interest and relating God's truth to it. So that's what a lot of those little chick 
uh, track things that I like to hand out do. They have all kinds of different things that are kind of secular stuff that you look at and can relate to, but then it weaves the whole gospel message right into the thing. They're, they're just absolutely beautifully done. Tracks inject spiritual truth throughout specialized gospel messages during seasons such as Christmas, Easter, Halloween, etc. We've got some tracks out there that'll be on the rack there, the, the, uh, the greatest story ever told, Spanish and English. Incidentally, the, the uh, Spanish tracks that I just got in, they made a mistake. So I've got like 2,000 now all in Spanish. And then she tells me she doesn't even read Spanish. So we're going to have to have you look through that, Wally, and see if you, you can tell us if it's any good or not. Tracks are proven to work. History records the testimony of many who were saved through tracks. Tracks often get read by more than one person. Tracks are portable. Carry them in your pocket. Purse, planner, notebook, or laptop bag. Tracks are also portable when used for large outreaches. Just one person can pack and carry several thousand tracks. Tracks can be used in quantity, multiplying your witnessing opportunities. Tracks can be distributed as part of your normal routine if you're living in consistent, if you're living a consistent Christian life. Tracks are available in a variety of designs and formats to suit your taste and preferences. Tracks address subjects that are current as well as topics that are timeless. Tracks give God's point of view about life and death issues. Tracks get their point across in an easy-to-read brief format suited for generations familiar with short videos, social media posts, and text messages. That's actually a very interesting thing here. When you're handing these things out to a young person nowadays, they, their mindset, right, I say you, don't, you, you can't concentrate longer than a gnat. I don't know if that's very respectful to say something, but that's what I see in my kids as they were coming up. They got to where they were, their, their mind could stay on something for about two or three minutes, and then they needed to be off on something. It was, it was just that quick, and so these tracks are perfect for that. Anybody can sit there and read one of these things just very quickly and, and get the salient points about it. Tracks cross educational hurdles and are available on various grade levels. Tracks may contain the only portion of God's word some people will ever read. You know, not everybody carries a Bible around with them. Tracks can communicate in languages you don't speak. Spanish in this case. Tracks cross age and gender differences. Tracks don't require a degree, special giftedness, training, or experience to use. And then the list just goes on and on and on here about this. I am actually going to try to get a hold of the, I'm going to call this place up and ask them if they'll just send me a whole bunch of these things where I can give them to you so you guys can, can look through here. There's a, um, there's a couple things, then that's not all 50 of those things, by the way. There's some things here, 38 ways to use tracks. And then there's just things like this. Tracks can be placed in each box or bag of items you sell if you're a, if you're a, a merchandiser. Tracks can be taken overseas on mission trips in the languages of the countries being visited. Look, these people that write those chip tracks and the Bearing Precious Seed people up in Canada and the placed out in, in Mason, Ohio, that write all these things, they consistently put out... Uh, their, their emails and their memos, their little newsletters and all this stuff, and they show pallets full of these things being transported across, uh, you know, overseas. In a lot of cases, it's encouraging because they can make special, when the people running the shipping company see these things, and they can make special deals with, we really, this is all God's stuff, shipping Bibles, shipping tracts. These places will actually cut them deals. 
And when you, when you look at it, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been involved in shipping containers overseas or not. I have not, but I do know that it's very expensive uh, based on what you know, interaction I have had with people that do it. They cut these people deals where basically these things almost get on these boats for nothing to, to get them over there. And that's God's providence. That's God working in the hearts of, I don't know if you've ever been around, people that work on the, you know, as longshoremen down there at, uh, at uh, Los Angeles, California or not. Those folks are not, their language that they use, you'd never think that these people have ever been within 50 miles of a church, because, but, but these people will go, oh, hey, if we're dealing with that, we can cut you a break on getting this stuff shipped out here. Tracks can be left at the locker at the gym. Tracks can be placed at an airport terminal or distributed in, in bus, train, and subway station. That's where a lot of those little chick uh, comic books end up be. You can hand them out at picnics. You can hand them out over in the beach. You can leave them in a laundromat. You can, there's just all these different, all these different things that you, can, that you can do with these things. And there's you know, 38 different things here that they write down. Tracks can be placed in track racks in stores and other public places with permission, of course. Now here's, here's the thing here that I, I want to read all 12 of these because this is 12 ways to not use tracks because you have to be very careful. We have heard of people getting in trouble for putting these in people's mailbox. You're not allowed to just go stick stuff in somebody's mailbox over there and, and what have you. So anyway, and it'll say something about when distributing the gospel, be sure to do so in a way that brings glory and honor to God. With that in mind, here are some things to avoid. Don't litter. Tracks left outdoors can easily blow around and become a nuisance to those who have to clean them up. Don't leave tracks on houses or cars. We receive more complaints about this method than any other. I'll give, you a little, I'll give you a little thing about that. This, always, this kind of thing always goes through my mind if I decide I'm going to stick something under somebody's windshield or, or window wiper. I had bought, now this was, I don't know how long we've had that Camry. It must be about five or six years ago that I bought brand spanking new car. Took the thing, parked it in the lot out there at the airport to go on a four-day trip. I come back and stuck in the window of that thing was a business card for somebody wanting to, like, like it was somebody that works on cars, like do I want my car detailed or whatever. I took that business card out of there and it had been raining for the four days I was gone. I took that business card out of there and to this day, you can look on that, on that part of that car where that paper all stuck to the window. You could never get it out. The ink was... It. So don't put stuff on people's windshields, particularly these tracks. So even though if it said something about God stuck right on their windshield where they looked at, that might be a good thing, but you, you don't want to do that. Uh, don't put tracks inside merchandise in stores. Heard about that, too. That was a, that was a big thing go, going on. You, occasionally, somebody, pastor, would say something like, yeah, somebody stuffed a thing in the, you know, a box of chocolates at the grocery store or whatever, so don't be doing that. Don't disobey local ordinance or guidelines when sharing tracks. Don't leave tracks in post offices, mailboxes, or other places where literature is prohibited. Don't force tracks on people. Yeah, if somebody tells you, hey, I'm not interested, this week when you go to give one of these things to somebody, if they say they're not interested, just walk away. You don't, you don't have to care if they're interested or not. Don't be rude when somebody turns down your tract. Well, I used to take that very personally. Somebody turned down a track that I handed, I was like, you son of a gun. You know, it's not, it's, not, it's not personal. 
Don't trespass. Breaking the law isn't Christ-like. Don't leave a tract at a restaurant without a generous tip, at least 15 to 20 percent. Don't use bad tracts. Make sure they are attractive and contain the true gospel message. Now that right there, I will make sure that we look through these things and I'll have pastor approve any of the ones that we have out in the thing there because we do not want to be handing out a bunch of stuff that's not right. Um, don't use tracts you haven't read. Make sure to study the message and all reference scriptures so you're familiar with what you are distributing. And don't do it alone. Seek, seek God's guidance and blessing every turn. When it says don't do it alone, it doesn't mean like you have to have your wife with you or your brother or your sister or one of your kids. It means you and God do it. Make sure that you and God are together in the, uh, the ministering these things. You can avoid unnecessarily offending people in your outreach ministry by following those simple guidelines. Giving no offense, this is scripture here, giving no offense in anything that the ministry is not blamed. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. So that was the first bell there. And let's just a couple of words of encouragement here on the back of this and then we'll be done. When preaching and private talk are not available, you need to have a tract ready. Get good striking tracts or none at all. A touching gospel tract may be the seed of eternal life. Therefore, do not go out without your tracts. Let each one of us, if we have done nothing for Christ, begin to do something now. The distribution of tracts is the first thing. Charles Spurgeon wrote that. We all know who he is. Nothing surpasses a tract for sowing the seed of the good news. Billy Graham wrote that. The smallest tract may be the stone in David's sling in the hands of Christ, it may bring down a giant soul, Robert Murray, M. Cheyenne. I don't even know who that, I've never heard of that person. The great missionary to China, Hudson Taylor, was also saved by reading a tract. Did you know that George Whitfield, a preacher of the Great Awakening, was saved by a gospel tract? After reading it, he wrote, God showed me I must be born again or be damned. God even used a gospel tract as the tool that led Greg Cool, founder of Stand to Reason to Christ, he has stated that some brave soul, listen to that, he stated that some brave soul put it in the bottom of a grocery bag while he was checking out. Well, wow, that's just got to bring tears to your eyes. Some kid checking out groceries throws this in the bottom that probably had no idea where that thing, and, and we don't have any idea where, where the stuff is going to go either. That's the beauty of the whole thing. Once we're in heaven, we might have an idea about it. But right now, we don't. And right now, it's really none of our business what happens with the things. What we, what we have to do is we have to, uh, we have to be careful about going out there and actually doing the work here. So no challenge for this week. This week is a get some of those tracks and hand them out to people. Um, we're not going to have a show of hands next week or any of that kind of stuff. I'm not here to embarrass anybody, but please just try it uh, one time. If, if everybody would just give out one, how many would we get out this, this week here? There'd be a whole bunch of things. You have no idea what these, what these would do. Next week in the lesson, we'll probably talk about that a little bit. I might even tell you some stuff about those tracks, but then we'll, we'll move on to the next chapter in the book here. 
which uh, right off the top of my head, I do not know what that uh, I do not know what that chapter is. So, any questions, comments, concerns? I think I've got one minute left. All right. Now you have to listen to me then. I'm going to read you something again here. So this thing, right in light of all that we're talking about, this showed up in my little thing from the Lowe's plumbing department guy this morning again. All right. And this was, I don't, uh, uh, Brother Steve's not, has any, have any of you guys ever heard of a fellow named Ed Young? He's some kind of a preacher or some kind of a guy. I'm not sure who this is, but uh, here's what this, this showed up in my, in my text this morning. And he looked upon Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, John 1.36. Listen to this here. Shepherds were on the lowest rung of society. They were 